Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Green and Blacks. Wildly, deliciously organic. A selection of ethically sourced flavours combined with a rich cocoa intensity. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. Hope you're all keeping well. It is still January and I know that does not seem possible, but I am here to confirm that it is still January. And the other thing I suppose we should say is that we are all still here, still here in our leggings and our slippers and maybe not showering as much. And that might just be me. But how our lifestyles and our style has changed in this last challenging year is what we're going to be talking about today. And that's in a few minutes. But last night, as I was sitting with the dregs of a glass of red wine, watching Netflix when I should have been long in bed, a woman I know called Jan Breerton, who is a parent at my kids' school, WhatsApped me a poem that she wrote. Oh, she had never written a poem before, she told me. And that's amazing because I was completely blown away by it. And I asked her, could I post it on Twitter? And she said I could, and she's not on Twitter. So I posted it late last night and it has been going completely viral ever since. Now, I asked her this morning, could I read the poem for you? And she said yes. She's a little bit overwhelmed by all the comments. People are saying it's the poem of the pandemic and that she needs to get the Nobel Prize for Literature. So see what you think. Here is Jan Britton's pandemic poem. What day is it? Who gives a fuck? I teach... I clean, I play, I cook. This lockdown is a fucking pain. Oh look, fuck's sake, here comes the rain. Another day, another park. I'm wishing it would just get dark. Please, no more fucking walks or yoga, baking or art with chalk. No meditation, fuck cold sea dips and fuck your healthy eating tips. All I want is a fucking hug, a chat, close up, with a massive mug of tea, none of this takeout crap. I'd touch your hand, you'd slap my back, we'd laugh and talk, I'd share my cake, we'd talk about who we think is fake. We might say, fuck it, stay out late, we'd grab an early bird at eight, we'd talk and chat and talk some more. We'd link as we walk out the door. On the bus, I'd text to say, My friend, I've had a lovely day. But fuck, what day is it? I don't have a fuck. I teach, I clean, I play, I cook. So that is Jan Burton's poem. And I have to say, it's very cathartic even reading it. And I think I think a lot of you are going to relate. Let me know what you think of it by emailing the women's podcast at irishtimes.com 
or getting in touch with us on social at IT Women's Podcast. And if you've any pandemic poetry you want to share with us, do send them in. And well done, Jan Britton. You're a poet and you didn't know it. So keep writing. Now, in today's episode, we wanted to get honest about the state of us all. And uh, so Jan's poem is a good start to that. It's been nearly a year since the word lockdown became part of our daily vocabulary and leggings became part of our uniform. Now, over that time, it's different for everyone, but it has to be said that, you know, we're not wearing the clothes that were in our wardrobes. We're not wearing the makeup for the most part. The fashion statements we make are all about comfy clothes and colourful masks. At first, it was all a bit of a novelty, but now it's the norm. So after months of dressing for comfort, letting our hair go unwashed, and it might just be me, Embracing the bare face, will we ever go back to the way we were? A year into this new, comfy, sloppy, slobby way of life, we want to ask the question, what have we become? So to discuss this important issue, we gathered three women. Laura Kennedy, beauty columnist and philosopher who's based in London. Erin McGathy, comedian and co-founder of the Mob Comedy Theatre and School the theatre was set up to give professional training for improvisation and scripted comedy and a place for artists and comedians to meet and collaborate. And also Jen Hogan, who's a parenting columnist and mother of seven children. And if you've got a few kids, you can imagine what having seven children in a pandemic is like. So you'll be looking forward to hearing from her. Jen is also author of The Real Mum's Guide to Surviving Parenthood. Now, we hope some of this conversation might be as relatable as Jan Burton's brilliant poem. It's still January. That is definitely true. But if we don't laugh, we'll cry. Let's have a bit of a laugh. Here it is, the State of Us episode. So we thought it was about time in lockdown three that we had this conversation. And I'll just tell you where I'm at. I have taken to my bed to work for most of the time. So I'm WFB, which makes it sound a little bit more fancy and official. WFB, but WFB comes with its own challenges. Like, for example, this morning I spilt my full cup of coffee all over the WFB area and it looked like I had wet myself in the bed and it wasn't, my my children were absolutely disgusted. But at this point, because things have deteriorated so much in terms of my personal uh, hygiene and everything else, they kind of weren't surprised. They're just a big eye roll. Anyway, I'm just confessing that straight away. Laura Kennedy, you are such a stylish queen of beauty, person who writes about beauty and, you know, all that kind of thing. How has your lockdown personal style been affected in this pandemic? Well, I mean, I I dispute that intro, which is very flattering, <laughs> but I don't know where your evidence is coming from. I find, actually, I've always worked from home. So I had like a routine where I would put trousers on every day and I would wear clothes like a person and do things. Um, but with each consecutive lockdown, I was doing fine in the first one, still in jeans, you know, like washed the hair pretty regularly, but it's really depreciated. And this one, I'm sort of eh, about the whole thing. And obviously, probably shouldn't admit that on the women's podcast, given that I write a beauty column for the Irish Times. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my interest in it was always pragmatic, but it's more pragmatic now. Like I like to look at the nice things and the lipsticks and stuff, but I'm not really wearing them. I mean, who is, you know? Yeah. Um, you said about the jeans. I'm interested in this because I'm sort of being a sort of bigger person. I find jeans a bit funny anyway, so it's not really in my kind of style thing. But I've noticed a lot of people who wore jeans all the time before this are kind of finding them too uncomfortable now. Yeah, I mean, I think in the in the case of a lot of us, our, our bodies are also changing. So things that fit pre-lockdown don't necessarily now. And that's a, that's fine, but it's not it's not really 
you know, a self-esteem boost if you don't wear them for a month and you put them on and they're a bit snugger. And I think a lot of us are in that. <laughs> snugger. Yeah. Snugger is such a good word. Well, I mean, it's kinder than biting viciously into your waist as you sit down at the desk, but there's that too. So yeah, I mean, I think one of the good things I find for me personally around this stuff is that I've really, like lockdown is a great period of time for getting to know yourself and realizing who you are just on your own. And a lot of that stuff I've realized for me anyway, is actually about the gaze of other people, which might sound obvious, but you know, I'm I'm not, I'd be a lot more embarrassed that my jeans don't fit as nicely if I was going out to work events and stuff and it was something other people were seeing. And that's kind of really made me realize that I have some thinking to do around that stuff um, and got a bit more accepting. Because a lot of the time, Laura, don't we say, oh, you know, it's not for other people. I do this. I wear these things because it's for me and it's empowering for myself. But then that is a really interesting point. Oh, it's for you. But now you don't mind wearing those jeans a bit tighter, but you wouldn't do that if you were in normal times. So that's really interesting. It's the same with beauty, I think, to be honest. I mean, like I've I've kind of cocked an eyebrow through a beauty career at women who say, you know, I wear makeup just for myself. Because if that's the case, why have you stopped wearing lipstick? Why have you stopped wearing foundation now that you're not going anywhere? You know, so to an extent, we do, of course, wear it so we look like the the self we feel we want to be. But of course, it's performative. You know, when you're at home on your own, you're not doing as much of that. And you're just the way you are naturally. And in a way, getting to know that and accept it a bit more, I think has been good for all of us. I think that's a good point. Now, Erin, um, we're all in a very safe space here. We're all friends. It's like <laughs> only, you know, several tens of thousands of people listening to us here. How has your personal hygiene been in this lockdown? I mean, my metric for my personal hygiene pre-lockdown was how do I do myself up to look maybe uh, put together, professional, maybe even alluring. But at this point, the the hygiene is just how do I look like I haven't lost it? (laughs) Like how like prepping for this Zoom today, like I'm wearing makeup right now, but I promise it's not out of vanity. It's just like I don't want to look ill. (laughs) Because I'm so washed out. And also what you see is like the beta filter on Zoom. It's not even the color of the lipstick that I'm wearing right now. So, I mean, I've, I I don't know, like, like most people, I've gone through huge ups and downs. At the start of the lockdown, I was like, oh, I'm going to get my hair into great shape and I'm going to work out all the time. And I'm so annoyed at that person now. Um, and my my battery in my on my digital scale gave out a month ago. And I think (laughs) since that, it's just been carte blanche. I have no idea what I weigh. I have not taken my jeans out of the drawer. I'm living in uh, pajamas from Dunn's, men's pajamas from Dunn's that I have tie-dyed. My partner and I both just (laughs) wearing these giant Is that Is that your lockdown uniform, tie-dyed pajamas? Yeah, I'd say like if you're if you're feeling down on yourself, the way to automatically feel better is wear pajamas that are 10 sizes too big for you. And you can feel like a delicate little flower who's stolen her PJs from her dad's drawer. And that's my approach. Erin, what do you think about what Laura just said there? And you mentioned it yourself, you know, dressing to look alluring or to look cool or whatever mm-hmm. before. Does it make you feel like actually you're more comfortable with yourself than maybe you thought you were? Do you know what I mean? That you're not putting as much effort in because you're doing it for other people. And are we kind of getting to know ourselves a bit better and go, God, I'm grand. I'm grand without all these extra things that I used Mm. to think I had to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
on the positive side, it is it is getting more comfortable with yourself. And then I think on the negative, like you are left to truly face yourself. You are just, I mean, I, I, I'm lucky enough to live with my partner, so I'm not by myself entirely, but uh, I definitely have had to face a lot of uncomfortable truths about the way that I do things and the way that I take care of myself. And Can you give me an example of that, Erin? Yeah. Oh, well, God, I mean, there's, there's so many, I mean, just the the way that I, like on the positive, I've, because I've had the time to, I've gotten back into making things just for the purpose of making them. Because I, I, I'm a, a artistic director of a theater company and teach classes and stuff. So, so I, I am creative and I make things all the time, but I've gotten back into craft stitch and epoxy resin. And I actually, in front of me right now, I have this uh, vulva phone holder that I <laughs> made. I started making jewelry, which I admit previously, I realized that I had maybe some, I was like, well, I can't start making jewelry because that's going to really say something about who I am. Like, I'm a, I, who is that person who just makes jewelry? Um, but I... Yeah, so that's 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 been that's been positive. At the at the start of the lockdown, I uh I was I, I have this copy of uh Anushka Reese's curated closet, which is based on her blog. Um, because I had this idea of myself, or maybe I still do, and I think maybe I need to let go of this dream that I'm going to be like a Tilda Swinton sort of person someday with a very curated style and kind of a uniform. And at the start of lockdown, I was getting into that and I was journaling what I was wearing every day. But, you know, like Laura was saying, you realize so much of that is just the gaze of other people. And do I even like this? And if I'm not getting rewarded for it with little compliments, then what's the What's the point? Yes, very interesting. I'm going to come to you, Jen. Jen, you're, as always, in your car, having to escape to your car to get any peace and quiet with all your children. I always say you've got millions of children. You haven't got millions, but you have more than than a lot of people. Um, uh, You look very well put together there, I have to say. Jen is wearing this beautiful red jacket. She looks really nice. She looks like her hair is very clean and blow-dried. So, Jen, are you one of these people who can manage to do all of that and have your very, very busy life as well? Or how, have you found things sliding at all in lockdown? Well, I've put on a bra, especially for the occasion. So I'd like that acknowledged by everyone. Just to talk to you, I have a bra. Well done. Well done, Jen. <laughs> so my bosoms are nicely secure as we chat. <laughs> and, and the hair is clean because I had a shower for the occasion as well. So I'm really making an effort here. No, it is hard. It's really hard going. Um like just trying to be any part of who you were before and trying to deal with all these new demands. And I tell you, homeschooling is actually, and the Zoom classes, they're making me have to make a little bit more of an effort because I've turned up in that many Zoom classes at the, over the last week or two in the background that the teacher is actually including me in the roll call at this stage. So I need, I need to be dressed appropriately at least at least not in my pajamas when I'm visible although this morning because I was so late getting organized uh, my youngest my junior infant was doing a little class and, and my hand just kept appearing in the zoom class because I wasn't letting anyone see this absolute stage of me this morning 
so I suppose that means I am not comfortable. I'm not comfortable with people seeing me without the without the muck on and without maybe the hair straightened. But the reality of it is, unless I'm going somewhere or going out, I'm perhaps not bothered. Now, in saying that, I do put makeup on every single day, every wow. day. Every day. And I still wear my lipstick and it's kind of pointless, you know, when you're putting the mask on. But that really is it. I know, Laura, you were saying you cock your eyebrows at somebody who suggests that. But that is for me because I know, one, I know I won't leave the house without my makeup on. And I mean, I only mean the bare minimum. I don't mean the full face. Well, I'll have the mascara on and the eyeliner because I always wear that lipstick and foundation. So that will be on always. And I'm not leaving the house without that. And if I so if I don't put my face on, on that. I won't leave and I won't get my walk in and then I'll feel worse about myself. So there's kind of a, a view there. I am loving this because I'll tell you something. I, some, there's days when I don't go out of the house for three days. Last week I hadn't been out of the house for three weeks. And you know what? It's really funny. Like it's part of it is, oh, I can't be bearing to walk around looking like I'm looking. at. I, I get myself into this really dark mental state so I think you're onto something there and I think I think Laura will even agree I mean while she's saying you know you don't really believe in people who pretend it's not for them but in this case it seems like it's it's a motivator for Jen to actually get out the door absolutely I mean look I I definitely don't want to be in in the position of judging anybody in any like whatever gets you going like if you if you if it helps you face the world then by all means. And like obviously I, I don't wear makeup every day, but I wear it most days. And I do that because the ritual makes me feel better. And um, if I wake up looking like a foot, which happens a lot lately, you know, <laughs> uh, it helps to, you know, you don't get a shock when you see yourself in the mirror and that's helpful. You know, I don't, it's not motivating to see like dark circles that look like tiny boats under your eyes. You know, you, nobody needs that. So whatever helps, but you know, um, I guess, yeah. The, the the elaborate ritual we're not doing to the same extent. So whatever you are doing is kind of what you're doing for yourself, I suppose. Yeah. And and Jen, back to you, just with the clothes situation, have you found any changes? Like, you know, I've, I, I wear leggings all the time before this anyway. And my sort of style is a dress and leggings underneath. That's kind of what makes me comfortable. That hasn't really changed much. I don't wear shoes very often. I'm often just walking around with no shoes from the morning to the, to the night. I just like the feel of my feet on the ground and everything. But have you found any things like that that you've changed that are different about your clothes? Like... Well, I I wear jeans. I'm still wearing jeans because I suppose they're my uniform. I, I I tried when I started working from home not to do things that still made me feel like me because I missed huge parts of being in the office environment. I missed having colleagues. I missed, I suppose, an excuse to wear some of the clothes. And I always think back. I always remember to this to a really good friend of mine who I met after um I had my first baby and at the time I was in the depths of postnatal depression and I remember I was 24 years of age, I had a new baby and somebody quite close to me commented because they saw me one day when she was about six months old and I was wearing a denim mini and a top and a jumper and she said, you know, you're a mother now, you shouldn't really be wearing that sort of stuff and it just... (laughs) hit me and this same friend I met I remember her met her shortly after that and it was the best advice she could have ever given to me because she said to me um she was always really dressed up always really glamorous and I mean I would never ever have been able to get close to the sort of glamour you'd have seen from my friend but she had this great view that why put the clothes away always for special occasions you know she says it makes you feel better wearing them we don't for mothers now we don't get out often enough let's wear the clothes wear them wherever wear them to work wear them on the school run do whatever and she used to feel good about herself. And so I suppose she kind of inspired me. I did start to wear my clothes a little bit more. And I know if I am to stay in my pyjamas, again, the same thing, not only am I not going to get out of the house, but I 
feel awful. I feel like I don't feel like me. And at the moment, I'm trying to cling on to me because I am finding lockdown three so hard, really, really hard. Like I, I struggle to sleep at night again. It's that so so clothes and being me and still having some kind of normality matters to me a little bit. Now, in saying that, as I said, bras and stuff, you know, well, if you don't have to, you know, there is that that side of things. And I like yourself, Roshan, I'm going around the house in my my socks most of the time because it's more comfortable. Um, and when you're out taking the kids out for a walk, I'm always very conscious of, you know, that whole negative narrative around children is starting to creep back in. So I have to be able to run at a moment's notice if one of them goes off on a scooter or the other one goes a different way because they see a dog. And when you're kind of trying to police that many kids, it's, you know, I have to I have to have appropriate footwear, which is perhaps not my footwear choice but I'm there looking at, at just you know practicalities there too but no I've stayed in the jeans but again I think that's because I don't own leggings I don't actually own leggings and that's because I'm the word I, I I suppose it just wasn't I was just comfortable in jeans yeah. for no reason no aversion no, to them grand. it was your normal style Erin what about buying stuff because it's interesting to see what things have stopped selling like lipstick is down I think Laura uh, makeup generally is down but the the rise in sort of leisure wear and you know with these pajamas that kind of look a bit like normal clothes and these you know shearling slippers and all of these things are just <laughs> it's, it's it's really interesting have you made any purchases or have have you been kind of living in a certain thing I know you've got your tie-dye pajamas is there anything else that you're kind of yeah um, yeah, I've made too many purchases and I'm annoyed by the, uh, Amazon, uh, ban with Brexit and everything, but it's also, uh, probably for the best because I think I was abusing it quite a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, at the beginning of lockdown, I was, I, I bought, um, basically a, a bunch of jeggings that I still wear, but mostly tie-dye and different things to change the clothes that I already have. Because I, ha- I, I carry around a lot of clothes with me and uh, I have been like altering things that I already had. So most of my purchases are with the, with the intent of like elevating what I have or fixing my life in some way. And I probably don't need to tell you that like the benefit of that probably ends at me clicking uh, confirm purchase because I have a whole pile of things that I'm going to improve all my clothes with. But um but mostly I've just been dyeing things that I already have or buying very inexpensive clothes. Or um, I did buy a, a bunch of unfortunate things from Pretty Little Thing one day when I thought I was Nicki Minaj, like truly not things that I would ever <laughs> wear. Like I, uh, I bought a couple like, I don't even know if you called them like jumpsuit sorts of, sorts of things with like cutouts and stuff. <laughs> and I don't, I mean, I don't want to... Uh, be down on my own body, but I don't, I don't have what you would call like a, a, a backside or at all. There's a, there's just like a flat, uh, goes from my back to my legs. So anyway, they, they're not very flattering. Um, and I wear them around the house just to make my partner laugh. (laughs) (laughs) It's like comedy dressing. I like it. This podcast is brought to you by Green and Blacks. Wildly, deliciously organic. A rich, smooth, and truly delicious chocolate experience. 
Laura, going on to you, just looking at the things that are hot now, apparently. Crocs, sensible walking shoes, leggings, duvet coats, sleeping bag coats, that kind of thing. Uh, sustainable mm. clothing as well, where people are realising that they, if they want to buy a bit of clothes, they want something that's going to last and that's, you know, eco-friendly and not fast fashion. So what's not selling is makeup, high heels, rigid jeans, anything without a stretchy waistband or clingy clothes um, and those kind of things. Are you noticing anything in London there um, in terms of style and when you're seeing people around in the supermarket or how much pyjama wearing is going on over there? Um, well, I live in a I live in one of those quite respectable suburbs um, where the cool people don't live. So uh, whatever the kind <laughs> of fashion set are doing, whatever they're gluing to Birkenstocks this season, I don't know about it. Um, by the way, I bought two pairs of Birkenstocks in the last last lockdown <laughs> and I remember when my brother went traveling I used to make fun of him mercilessly for his Birkenstocks I said you shouldn't be able to tell how someone votes by looking at their shoes but I now own two pairs and they're the most comfortable shoes I've ever owned and I'm converted oh. and that's the end of it um so mostly where I live um because it's there's a lot of families it's mothers and God bless them. They're keeping it together from what I can see. You know, they've, they're wearing their scarves. See, like Jen, they're keeping it together yeah. so that they can keep yeah. their body and soul together. Yeah, there's kids everywhere. Their mittens match each other. I wouldn't be doing that. I think if I had a kid, you wouldn't. No mittens, you'd be out in the nip. Um, but uh, mostly, yeah, when it comes to makeup and stuff, it's so hard to keep up with because obviously that sort of data comes out like quarterly, which used to seem like quite a reasonable period of time. But now because we live in a different universe every three weeks, you know, I, I don't know what people are doing right now, but I know what they've been doing through the lockdown and makeup is still selling for sure it is. Um, but obviously the whole industry has shifted because ev all sales have gone online. Brexit has made everything crazy, particularly when it comes to Ireland. There are certain products that you need to phone Brown Thomas to buy now. Um, you can't even get them through the website. Um, so, yeah, in general, the kind of trends are that we're looking after our skin more, doing a bit more of that. You know, if, if your only time by yourself in a house is 20 minutes in the bathroom at night, it seems like women are making the most of that time and using some nice products. Um and taking care of their skin maybe a bit more than they did before. Maybe just because we're looking at it more than we were before. Yeah, I'm not looking after my skin now. You're making me feel like I uh, I need to. I might have to dig out that article of yours that went viral recently. I think that was a skincare article, wasn't it? Like three things to do with your skin or something like that, Laura? Oh, I think that was, that was um, there were two that did really well actually for me during lockdown. One was about uh, the year I spent testing eye creams. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm. Because apparently <laughs> eyes are, this year has just ruined our eyes. Our collective <laughs> eyes are done. Um, and yeah, that one was, I think, four kind of four products that you need if you, if you just want four. But yeah, I mean, lockdown has not changed our collective desire for quick fixes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. Um, what about things that will continue? I mean, we don't know when this is going to be over. I mean, my kids just asked me today, mom, when do you think? And I've this is where I'm at is I think we'll have a normal Christmas. That's all I can say. That's what I'm saying. But I don't even think, should I even be saying that? So I don't know when it's going to end, but we've another long time of this. What do you, if you were to look ahead, do you think there's anything fundamentally that we won't go back to? Like, do you think any of this will be lasting change or do you think we'll just all snap back to the, to the way we were? Anybody got any thoughts on that? I feel like pre-lockdown, there was a lot, obviously, a lot more pressure to present as being very busy constantly and also obviously saying yes to uh, any any and all opportunities, even if it wasn't something that was really aligned with like whatever you're trying to do. And I've definitely 
at the at the beginning of lockdown, I or like the first lockdown, I did feel that relief that a lot of us felt to have like a bit of a break. But I feel like when things go back to normal, I I, I hope and I I hope for my myself that I will be um, less less willing to do things that I know I don't want to do. And I think also people are a lot more comfortable saying when they're having a hard time. I've noticed hugely with our with our company and stuff, people just saying, hey, I'm having a really difficult mental health week. So I don't know if I can make this thing, but I would like to talk to people. And that's that's been really wonderful. And I hope that carries over. Yeah. Um, Jen, anything for you that you think maybe that has been good or made you reevaluate about yourself and your style and your your life, I suppose? Um, I'm not sure. I, I miss the old life hugely. And I, 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 like, I know a lot of people say, I hope we don't go back to certain things. I'll tell you one thing I want to do is I won't buy as many clothes because I've had to make do with a lot of the stuff that I have. And I've got better at going, oh, let's change this, make it look different by mixing it up and matching it up a little bit. And maybe that's one of the things that I won't be as quick to walk into a shop and just buy something because it caught my eye. And um, I, I suppose I, hopefully that'll be a good thing because less waste there. And even with the kids, even I suppose I'm buying less clothes there. And that's not necessarily out of choice I suppose that's out of the fact that um kids clothes aren't an essential item in certain places and yeah and then you'd like to see them up against you know it's hard to buy shoes when you don't uh you don't uh you can't tr- see them for the kids but I don't know I I miss so much of the old life and, and I hope we get quite close to being back to there it hasn't been lockdown I suppose as a whole hasn't been a chilled experience in any way for me because my husband's an essential worker so he's continued to go to work every day and I have just had an additional workload I suppose instead so there was none of this so finding time to find myself that I know a lot of people had at the beginning and where they had that slow down and they had that time to do and uh, things they wanted to do and it has literally been the most manic year ever and I feel sometimes like I'm running to stand still it is just relentless so no I am very much hopeful like yourself Roshan I don't know what to say to the kids they're asking me when are we going back to school like when can I see my friends again they haven't seen the grandparents when we're I, I read your column this morning. We are bored of doing this walk around suburbia, the same walk. The only way you mix it up is do we go left or do we go right? <laughs> Basically, we do the same walk. Jen, on that, uh, speaking of my column, because I wrote about uh, how I've taken to the gin as a sort of therapy uh, today. But how is the alcohol going now? Laura can't answer this because Laura has never drunk and doesn't drink alcohol. So we leave her out of it. But I found I was in a big wine thing at the other lockdowns. Like I was, I was ordering Thing, something I'd never done before, like ordering a box of wine and talking to the man about the different wine. Which wine will I have? Like as if I was some kind of connoisseur. Is it something I turned into this wine nerd? Like I didn't have a clue. I just wanted loads of wine, but I had to dress it up as if, oh yes, oh is that good here? Oh, that smells lovely. Blah. Just give me the wine. And um, but now I find like I've gone. I've that's thank God I'm not on the wine as much. But I this big gin that I make myself every day because my sister gave me a bottle of Hendrix for Christmas, which I thought was a bit insulting when when I got it but then I was like oh my god she obviously knew I was going to need the gin so um I have my big gin with cucumber in it which makes me feel a bit more healthy you know like a big thing but how has your alcohol consumption evolved over lockdown Erin first uh well at the at the start it was really escalating and my partner and I realized one night that we were doing two bottles of wine a night and not even really feeling it which was depressing so we took 
We took a break um, for about four months leading up to my birthday. And for my birthday, we stayed in a hotel that's five minutes walking from the apartment. And now I don't remember my birthday, but my partner, the the thing I've discovered and and I was like, wow, God, I really should take a break from this because that week I was feeling really low. I don't know about you all, but like the lockdown has really made me very conscious of my age and getting older and figuring out my life. And uh, I apparently just spent the night crying uh, and I over espresso martinis wearing like a party dress. And uh, yeah, it it was rough. But now um, back to just like one glass a night, but I have, I do shamelessly buy the uh, box wine from Little because it feels less depressing because you don't have to throw away the bottle so soon. That is so good. I'm getting so many tips here. I'm going down to get a box of wine. That's brilliant. Um, my box of wine was more individual bottles of wine. That's what I was trying to describe earlier. Oh, you right. know, like, Oh, no, I mean know, the box wine with it. No, you're, yeah, with the little tap. Yeah, I oh, used to yes. bring that to festivals. Do you remember festivals? They were great, weren't they? Jen, <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you? Are you? Have you been hitting the vino at all? Yeah, more than I, you know, I think, yeah, you know that whole, oh, it's wine o'clock thing and, but I, yeah, every night probably I'm having, yeah, I, I need it, like <laughs> homeschooling and general life is so stressful. So yeah, I look forward to it every night and hitting the chocolate as well in higher quantities too. And I already have a bit of a problem with chocolate as is, so we really don't need, we don't need that escalating. But I am, and yet at the same time, I've suddenly become conscious of it. Not because I'm, I suppose, yeah, maybe I'm drinking definitely more frequently, but it's not that I'm drinking a huge amount every night, but I am conscious that the kids are seeing me have that... wine every night. <laughs> oh my God. They, they just said to me today, Mum, how much do you drink? Like, do you, do you drink like a bottle of wine a day or two bottles? Like, and it was totally normal. I did feel bad because I read an article about how all of this is not good. They're seeing you constantly with this glass. And it's like, oh, it's just a glass at dinner. Well, really? And then why have you got a glass of wine beside your bed? Like, that's not good. Well, I'm reading my book and, you know, oh, it's just not. Laura, you can sort of maybe judge and lecture us on this, though, maybe, can you? No, I mean, no. Like, I feel like this is maybe a good time to take up drinking for the first time in my life. <laughs> it just, I mean, it's just such a weird situation. I completely understand anything you can do. You can't alter anything external. So if you can chemically alter yourself, I get why anyone would want. Like, of course, it's so boring and the mundanity is so erosive that like anything that mellows you out, I completely get it. Yeah. Well, that's why when you do when you do get out, I don't know if you've got found this, everyone, when you're walking around. I mean, how much marijuana is in the flipping air? I just think I'm going to get high just from walking to my local park. And I'm looking around. Who is? Who? And they're all ages. They're all sorts of people. Fair play to Jesus, they've got some serious supply. I haven't gone down that road like at this stage, but the, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not ruling it out. Oh, I live on that road. <laughs> <laughs> Marijuana <laughs> Avenue. I love it. <laughs> well, listen, let's have some final words maybe from everyone about, look, I, I didn't ask you all this, but I'm just going to ask you now, did you, how is your showering going? Can you be, are you showering every single day? Are you showering exactly the same amount as you used to? Be honest, because I am not. I'm just telling you now. I'm not having as many showers. My my partner asked me right before we started this call if I was going to take a shower today. So. Okay, that's, that's, that, is where that answers at. that, Erin. 
Yeah. Laura, are you in the shower every day? I mean, uh, most of the time. You know what? My biggest issue is my hair. I have sort of, washing it has become a kind of recreational activity that I occasionally <laughs> indulge in. It's a big occasion, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, essentially, I wash my hair when it smells like cat food, roaching. So... <laughs> Again, a brilliant, succinct answer. I wouldn't expect anything less from you, Laura. When the cat food smell happens, that's when you wash your hair. Very good. Um, Jen, I feel like you're you're just in that shower, get, making yourself feel good, making yourself feel normal all the time. It's the only place besides the car that I can escape the kids. The only place. But they're saying that they'll still burst through and say, he breathed on me, he looked at me, it'll still happen. Go, Mammy, standing here naked, please get out. Don't come in here with your iPad. Make sure the Zoom is off. You know, that fear is still there. But yeah, it's my it's my escape place, my happy place. It's in the interest of self-care and preserving what's left of my sanity. Listen, this is brilliant. I think everyone listening is going to relate to this conversation on many different levels. And I hope everyone gets in touch and tells us about how their own hygiene and style has changed and their wine consumption. Like Laura said, I mean, we can't be judging ourselves. We have to be kind to ourselves. We're all doing what we can to get through, whether it's jeggings or tie-dye or whatever it is that gets you through then that's fine Uh, i really appreciate you all coming to talk to me and i hope you all keep yourself safe and well and mind yourselves and don't worry about the style but you all look great to me fantastic thanks roisin thanks a million roisin that's all we have time for thanks to laura kennedy aaron mcgathy and jen hogan the podcast is produced by me roisin ingle and by jennifer ryan and suzanne brennan with jj vernon on sound mind yourselves Take it easy and I will talk to you next time. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.